Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning and welcome to the Dollarama fourth quarter and fiscal 2021 results conference call. Neil Rossi, President and CEO, and JP Towner, CFO, will make a short presentation, which will be followed by a question and answer period, open exclusively to financial analysts. The press release, financial statements, and management's discussion and analysis are available at dollarama.com in the Investor Relations section, as well as on SIDAR. Before we start, I have been asked by Dollarama to read the following message regarding forward-looking statements. Dollarama's remarks today may contain forward-looking statements about its current and future plans, expectations, intentions, results, levels of activity, performance, goals or achievements, or any other future events or developments. Forward-looking statements are based on information currently available to management and on estimates and assumptions made based on factors that management believes are appropriate and reasonable in the circumstances. However, there can be no assurance that such estimates and assumptions will prove to be correct. Many factors could cause actual results, levels of activity, performance, achievements, future events, or developments to differ materially from those expressed or implied by the forward-looking statements. As a result, Dollarama cannot guarantee that forward, any forward-looking statement will materialize, and you are cautioned not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. For additional information on the assumptions and risks, please consult the cautionary statement regarding forward-looking information contained in Dollarama's MDNA, dated March 31, 2021, available on CDAR. Forward-looking statements represent management's expectations as at March 31, 2021, and accept as may be required by law. Dollarama has no intention and undertakes no obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statement, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. I would now like to turn the conference call over to Neil Rossi. Thank you, operator, and good morning, everyone. We've just completed a truly unprecedented year. There is no question that Dollarama, like so many businesses, was put to the test. Through the strength and dedication of our team, the resilience of our business model, and the relevance of our brand to Canadians from all walks of life, I believe we have emerged stronger. At the outset of the pandemic, our team responded quickly and efficiently to implement a vast array of new operating procedures that protect customers and staff so that we can continue providing Canadians with convenient access to affordable everyday essentials. From head office to our warehouses, from our distribution center to our stores, coast to coast, every team member contributed to our ability to adapt and evolve in a rapidly changing environment. The same can be said of our Dollar City team in Latin America. Early in the pandemic, Dollar City, just like Dollarama, was recognized as an essential business. The team on the ground acted quickly to support employees and adapt to strict and evolving measures put in place by the governments of Colombia, Guatemala, and El Salvador. By their performance, 
Dollar City demonstrated both their agility in a time of crisis and their growing relevance to Latin American consumers looking for convenience and value. This bodes well for our long-term growth plans in Latin America, including the expansion of Dollar City's footprint into Peru, where our market entry is imminent. As President and CEO, I am truly proud of our entire team for the solid financial and operational performance we achieved in fiscal 2021 ended January 31st. Despite the roller coaster of events over the last 12 months, our annual sales increased 6.3% and same store sales were up 3.2%. We delivered solid EBITDA and gross margin both in terms of absolute dollars and as a percentage of sales. This reflects Dollarama's attractive positioning as a destination both for essential goods and seasonal items. These results were achieved despite operating restrictions throughout the fiscal year and during our fourth quarter, which is historically our peak sales period of the year. For fiscal 2021, we invested $84 million in COVID-related measures, primarily impacting SG&A. Labor hours in stores were increased to allow the execution of daily cleaning and sanitization protocols, and we rewarded our staff both in stores and in RDC and warehousing facilities on a number of occasions. This included a four-month wage increase for store and logistics employees and the equivalent for agency workers as well, as a one-time gratitude bonus for store employees. Over and above COVID-related costs, we increased our logistics seasonal bonuses in fiscal 2021 and permanently increased base hourly wages for all workers in our logistics operations. Despite these incremental costs, we reported solid net earnings and earnings per share. As restrictions are gradually lifted, our team is squarely focused on safely and profitably growing our sales and, foot and our footprint across Canada and in select Latin American markets. We were pleased to announce this morning that we are increasing our long-term growth target in Canada to 2,000 stores by 2031. This is up from our previous target of 1,700 stores by 2027. Our hard-earned position as a weekly shopping destination for millions of Canadian families has been reconfirmed and strengthened by the pandemic. Our stores continue to deliver an exceptional payback period and perform consistently from coast to coast, whether they are older stores or more recently opened locations. And despite the pandemic, we opened 65 net new stores in fiscal 2021, consistent with prior years. Based on our experience, our historical performance and what we see going forward, we feel very confident in raising our long-term store target at this time. We expect to achieve our growth objective by maintaining our current rate of annual net new store openings. Before I turn it over to JP, I would like to formally welcome him to the team. He joined us a few weeks ago, but I can assure you he has hit the ground running and we couldn't be more pleased to have him on board. As you know, Michael has stayed on in an advisory capacity to ensure a smooth transition for JP, and we thank him for delaying his well-deserved retirement. We appreciate being able to count on Michael for a little longer, 
including on the call this morning, and as a mentor to many at Dollarama. JP, over to you. Thank you, Neil, and good morning, everyone. I'm excited to join a very dynamic team and for the journey ahead. As part of my responsibilities, I look forward to meeting analysts and investors in person as soon as conditions allow. My goal is to maintain the high level of transparency and availability that have been the trademarks of Dollarama's investor relations practice. I've been getting to know my colleagues during the past few weeks, and I would like to thank the team for their welcome and support. I'm grateful for Michael's counsel and fortunate to share in these great results for my first conference call with him by my side. So let's dive right in, beginning with a review of the fourth quarter. Dalrama achieved solid financial results despite many new and stricter government-imposed measures in response to the second wave of the pandemic. We began the fiscal 2021 fourth quarter with very strong momentum, posting 7% same-store sales growth for the first five weeks of the quarter, covering the months of November and the first week of December. Seasonal merchandise performed extremely well, taking off earlier in the quarter than historically. But within a matter of days and following the announcement of additional restrictions across Canada, this momentum was abruptly interrupted. It is important to understand that these new restrictions coincided with not just our peak sales quarter of the year, but with the peak sales month. December. Lockdowns and stricter in-store capacity limits were imposed in several provinces, including Alberta, Ontario, and Quebec, in early December. New restrictions included a ban on the sale of non-essential items in Quebec, where we have approximately 30% of our stores. Even though the ban started on December 26th, its impact on store traffic began to be felt quickly following its announcement in mid-December. As a result of these measures, same-store sales for the quarter declined by 0.2%, while total sales increased 3.6% and exceeded $1.1 billion, driven by the increase in the total number of stores compared to the same period last year. Average transaction size increased by 27%, while the number of transactions or store traffic decreased by 21.4%. We are pleased to inform you that sales momentum picked up as soon as the stricter measures were lifted in the second week in the fiscal 2022 first quarter that is still underway. Gross margin was strong at 45.5% of sales, primarily driven by the performance of higher-margin seasonal items. SG&A was 16.9% of sales and included $23.8 million of COVID-19 costs, representing 215 basis point impact. This reflects additional in-store hours and the December 2020 gratitude bonus for store employees. 
EBITDA was 326.9 million, or 29.6% of sales. Net earnings were 173.9 million, and diluted EPS was 56 cents. Earnings were negatively impacted by lower SSS and COVID-19 costs, but positively impacted by higher margins, lower financing costs, and a higher equity pickup of dollar city net earnings. Looking now at full year results, sales increased by 6.3% to over 4 billion. SSS was up 3.2% over and above the 4.3% growth recorded in fiscal 2020. SSS growth for the year consisted of a 29.1% increase in average transaction size and a 20.1% decrease in the number of transactions. Throughout the pandemic, consumer shopping patterns evolved in line with public health restrictions, which generally resulted in fewer trips but higher spending per store visit. SSS growth was driven by increased demand for seasonal items as well as various essential goods categories, including household and cleaning, health and hygiene, and food. SSS for both the quarter and the year exclude temporarily closed store. As you will recall, a number of stores were closed during the first and second quarters as a direct result of government measures, mainly the closure of malls, primarily in Quebec. No stores were closed due to the pandemic in the third quarter. During the fourth quarter, and more specifically in January, Dollarama temporarily closed a limited number of stores, mostly in Quebec and in enclosed shopping malls, where the majority of other businesses were closed at the time and where another Dollarama location in close proximity was open. These stores have since reopened. Gross margin for the year was strong at 43.8% of sales and up 20 basis points due to higher sales of higher margin products. A small portion of COVID-19 costs are included in gross margin, namely for measures implemented throughout our operations, including in the logistics chain. SGNA was 16.2% of sales, which includes the bulk of our direct COVID-19 costs, or 81.1 million. This represents 200 basis point impact. EBITDA was 28.1% of sales. Net earnings were up 0.1% to 564.3 million, and EPS increased by 1.7%, to 181 per share, reflecting slightly improved earnings and the accretive effect of our share buyback program. Turning to Latin America, our equity pickup of dollar city earnings in fiscal 2021 came in at 19.7 million. Despite disruptions to new store opening plans through the first half of 2020 due to the pandemic, Dollar City opened 36 net new stores, bringing their total store count to 264 at December 31, 2020. 
Dollar City's long-term growth objective of 600 stores by 2029 in its three current countries of operation remains unchanged. Now back in Canada, following a careful evaluation of the market potential for Dollarama, uh, management believes that the corporation can profitably grow its Canadian store network to approximately 2,000 store over the next 10 years or, or by 2031 with an average new store capital payback of approximately two years, which is consistent with our current and historical payback period. Factors taken into consideration in our evaluation, among others, included census and household income data, the current competitive retail landscape, rates of per capita store penetration, historical performance of comparable and new stores, and our current real estate pipeline. Looking at our capital allocation strategy, in fiscal 2021 and in the context of the pandemic, we adopted a conservative approach and did not repurchase any shares in the first three quarters of the year to preserve, to preserve liquidity. In the fourth quarter, we repurchased 1.6 million shares for a total cash consideration of 87 million at a weighted average price of 53.67 cents per share, leaving ample room in our current NCIB expiring in early July. Our adjusted net debt to EBITDA ratio at fiscal year end was 2.68 times, 29 basis points lower compared to fiscal 2020 year-end. As for the quarterly dividend, the board maintained it at the beginning of fiscal 2021 and announced a 6.8% increase in December 2020. This morning, we are coming back to our regular Q4 dividend increase and we are announcing another increase of 7%, bringing the quarterly dividend to Five cents per common shares, 5.03 cents per common share to be precise. Looking at our debt structure, as a reminder, we closed a new seven-year bond financing for 300 million in the third quarter of fiscal 2021 to take advantage of favorable market conditions. This was ahead of the maturity of 300 million of floating rate notes repaid this past February. We continue to actively manage our solid capital structure and we have a healthy balance sheet. The business continues to consistently generate excess free cash flow and as a result, bearing factors outside of our control due to COVID-19, we intend to actively resume share repurchases in fiscal 2022 and we expect our adjusted net debt to EBITDA ratio to creep back up and to return to our target range of between 2.75 to 3 times, which we are very comfortable with. Turning now to the outlook. Due to continued uncertainty related to COVID-19, we have not provided guidance ranges for gross margin, SGN as a percentage of sales, or EBITDA margin for fiscal 2022 at this time. 
As demonstrated by the events of the fourth quarter, the pandemic's course can change very quickly, making its impacts on some of our key metrics more difficult to predict and to quantify. But we can provide you with some color based on the first quarter underway, our experience through the first year of the pandemic, and what we do have visibility on. Given our ability to open 65 new stores last year despite the pandemic, we are confident that we will once again meet our 60 to 17 net new store openings range for fiscal 2022. Looking at same-store sales, as mentioned, we had same-store sales of 7% after the first five weeks of the fourth quarter, but ended the quarter at negative 0.2% as a result of suddenly imposed stricter COVID-19 measures, especially in Quebec. As some of these measures were lifted in early February, our Q4 momentum returned in full force coupled with an additional SSS catch-up from the prior quarter. Two months into the first quarter, same-source sales are in the low to mid-teens. Bearing any COVID-related factors outside of our control, so that, such as what occurred in Q4, we expect a solid performance in terms of SSS for the first quarter. But keep in mind, that we will be lapping tougher comps in Q2 and Q3 of fiscal 22. Looking at gross margin as a percentage of sales, gross margin in fiscal 2021 was very strong, and based on results to date and visibility on open orders, we are also expecting a notable improvement in gross margin in the first quarter compared to the same period last year. We expect the gross margin improvement in Q1 to be in the same ballpark as what we saw year-over-year in Q4 fiscal 2021. This reflects the positive impact of changes in the sales mix. However, it is important to note that assuming raw material prices and inbound shipping costs remain at current levels or continue to increase, this will temper our gross margin performance through the second half of the year. Looking at SGNA as a percentage of sales, excluding COVID-19 direct costs, we should be generally in line with the prior year, although the first quarter should benefit from additional scaling on higher sales. Finally, our CapEx envelope is between 160 to 170 million, which is in line with fiscal 2021, and will go towards new store openings, regular maintenance, and some transformational capex. We will update you on our assumptions and hope to be able to provide more specific guidance across all key metrics concurrently with the results of our Q1 results in June. With that, I will now turn the call back over to Neil. Thank you, JP. COVID-19 pandemic tested our resilience and drove home our purpose and the relevance of our brand promise to Canadians from coast to coast. I don't believe there has been a time in recent history during which the value and importance of proximity and convenient access to affordable everyday goods has ever been more important. 
This has reinforced the long-standing appeal of our value proposition to Canadians across the country and, ultimately, the enduring strength of our unique business model. This motivates us as a team to continue on our sustainable growth path. As Canada's leading value retailer, we will continue to grow our footprint to reach new customers and provide even greater convenience and to adapt to evolving market dynamics and consumer behaviors. With fiscal 2022 off to a strong start, we look to the future with hope and optimism as vaccination programs continue to roll out while continuing to adapt to the pandemic in order to protect and serve our customers and employees. With that, I'll now turn it over to the operator. Thank you. We will now take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset prior to making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. You may cancel your question at any time by pressing star 2. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while the participants register for questions. Thank you for your patience. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The first question is from Mark Petrie with CIBC. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning. Uh, thanks for all of the commentary with regard to the outlook. I'm hoping you could just clarify, <clears throat> excuse me, your uh, your comments with regards to SG&A for fiscal 22, um, and and just provide a bit more color with regards to uh, the timing and how that plays out through the year. Uh, hi, Mark. Uh, this is Michael. Um, so in terms of um, uh, GNA, uh, obviously uh, there's the COVID, uh, direct COVID costs that uh, are a part of this. Um, and so look, going forward in Q1, um, you know, if you look at Q4 it was 23.8, you had uh, approximately uh, almost uh, 6 million in terms of uh, uh, bonus that was given, so you're down to 17, 18 million-ish. Uh, so I think that in that range for Q1, uh, I think it's reasonable, uh, between 17 and 20. Uh, now for the rest of the year, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, it depends on the uh, restrictive measures, if those uh, change or not uh, will impact it. But if you exclude uh, any of the COVID, uh, direct COVID costs, which is uh, essentially the additional shift that we have uh, in each store uh, to manage physical distancing and, uh, and the rest. Um, you know, I think it's safe to say that we've got uh, enough initiatives this year that uh, we'd be able to uh, uh, offset uh, the foreseen inflation. So stable to compared to last year. Uh, um, 
and yeah, so that's kind of where uh, you know we think that is. Uh, that's great, thank you. Uh, and, and then with regards to the comments on gross margin, uh, you highlighted the sort of uncertainty with regards to the impact of inflation uh, in manufacturing and supply chain for the second half of the year. Uh, is that is that sort of um, uh, expected to present a sort of gross margin headwind, or is there enough uh, flexibility in the business to sort of pr preserve margin, um, but maybe just won't be as strong as it is in the first half of the year? Okay, so maybe just to give you a bit of context, because there's a lot of stuff going on right now, so I think it's worthwhile um, uh, you know, nuancing certain uh, certain things. Uh, let me begin with Q4. In Q4, what we saw is a notable increase year over year. The the, the major part of the the explanation is mixed change. Um, in Q1, uh, the same uh, type of situation. In other words, if you recall last year in Q1, the uh, summer season. Um, uh, was uh, pushed to Q2, essentially, and Easter uh, performed poorly. This year, uh, summer is performing uh, well to date, and Easter uh, also performing very well. And Easter is a week in advance this year also. And uh, with the catching up we did from non-essentials in Quebec uh, uh, in, in Q1, uh, so this is why we mentioned that uh, uh, we expect uh, a similar type of notable increase in Q1 like we did in Q4. However, here are the uh, main differences moving forward. Two things. One is Q2, Q3, and Q4 of last year had the impact of the sales mix, the positive sales mix. In other words, Q2 had strong um, summer season sales and even uh, borrowed from the Q1 poor sales. Uh, Q3 had strong Halloween sales and Q4 had strong Christmas sales. So seasonal sales are, uh, 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 mix is already impacted and in all three quarters, Q2, Q3 and Q4, you had weak impulse sales, which are our lowest margin items. So um, uh, that's one element that will differentiate those three quarters to Q1. The other one is in Q4 and Q1, um, the markup margin has improved in most of the categories. Um, and in Q1, we were able to offset um, uh, you know, those inbound shipping costs and, and uh, inflation in, uh, from our suppliers. Uh, but going forward, uh, the unknown for now is, you know, if those costs remain, what will be the impact of that and if uh, uh, they even increase. So, as you know, um, and that's why we, 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 we mentioned uh, a caution here for the second half of the year um, to uh, you know make sure that uh, through our refresh and markup strategy that we're able to offset it. So 
No, in a, an ideal world, you know, we'd be disappointed if we could not maintain um, the um, the current, um, uh, you know, the F21 actual margins, gross margin, uh, and hopefully we're able to do so. But there are still some unknowns uh, in front of us. Okay, that's great context. Thank you very much, Michael. And then just one more question. Uh, with regards to the long-term store target, um, obviously been you've been through a challenging period, particularly with the performance of mall stores. As you think ahead to 2,000 stores, can you just share any thoughts with regards to how the portfolio evolves with regard to composition and mix, you know, be it, be it uh, type of development or region, uh, anything like that? Well, uh, so just to keep it very simple, it, it's, uh, it's going to be more or less like you've seen to date. So, you know, the, the bigger composition of our uh, chain um, uh, is strip, then standalone, then malls, uh, and uh, it, it's uh, superurban, urban, suburban, rural, and it more or less uh, follows the population size in terms of opportunities for number of stores. So Ontario has the most to offer in number of stores, then Quebec, then the western provinces and uh, the Maritimes. And so I, I'd say it's uh, more of what you've seen today, so nothing extraordinary or very different. Excellent. Appreciate all the comments and uh, welcome, JP, and all the best. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Brian Morrison with TD Securities. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, Michael, I want to follow up on your gross margin because there is the omission of one key element there in your, in your um, explanation. If I take a look at your hedge book, you're starting to see your contractual rate decline on your new hedges. And certainly if you take a look relative to Q1, 2, and 3, uh, it's a substantial decline. So I hear you on your inflation with respect to shipping and raw materials, but in terms of a Canadian dollar inflationary environment, is it, is it actually inflationary in terms of Canadian dollar terms? Yeah, so a good question, uh, Brian. So the, the, the effect of the currency, um, you know, as you know, we hedge out typically 8 to 12 months out. So, uh, you know, we haven't, uh, we're going to see the, the impact of that more towards the end of the year. But that's all part, again, of the uh, refresh uh, approach. So it's all considered by the buyers when they refresh. And so uh, when we talk to you about, you know, what we see coming up uh, in the year, it factors the, uh, our, uh, you know, the currency uh, movements. So there's nothing notable impacting this year. And, and even next year when we do the refresh, you know, that will be a, a, a tailwind and we'll consider it, but then you'll have other headwinds which will impact again, and uh, uh, so you know uh, it, uh, it. It's um, almost uh, uh, you know it's always considered uh, when we give you color on the margins, and we have time to see it coming. So, so would you say overall the cost inflation is relatively neutral this year? And then and then and then just following up on that, when you talk about your rate of replenishment, we when we do our store checks there seems to be an awful lot of new products that are in there. I, I'm wondering if your rate of replenishment has increased from your standard rate of 25 to 30%. No, so it's the same 25 to 30% uh, that we see. 
Um, and uh, inflation, uh, we're not saying there's no inflation. On the contrary, we're saying that you know, there is some steep inflation from the supply side, from the inbound shipping cost side, uh, and through our refresh strategy and markup strategy, we're able to offset some of them, some of that, uh, which we've done very well in Q4 and Q1. As I told you, Q4 and Q1 in most of our categories, our markup is higher than last year. So that's been going well. What we don't know is, uh, you know, the rest of the year, uh, especially Q3 and Q4, we've got some color in Q2, but. Uh, the, the, the impact of Q3 and Q4, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to, to see, um, you know, as we move ahead. All right. Thank you for that. And then the last question, just uh, your initial feedback. I think you put 350 and $4 price points in the Colombian market. Well, looks like your contribution, your equity pickup was very strong this quarter. Wondered how that was received and whether your early assessment might be to expand that into other countries. Okay. So, yes. The, uh, you know, Dollar City is going, doing very well. I mean, they've got challenges like we have here in terms of COVID uh, and, and uh, restrictive measures, and they've fared extremely well. Very happy about that. Uh, they opened up uh, just in the last quarter 24 uh, net new stores, um, and, and so uh, you know, uh, very strong performance. Uh, going ahead, we, we talked to you about uh, Peru, and that's a market that we will uh, uh, be um, opening up stores shortly. Uh, and uh, we will need, uh, as we've done with the other countries, to assess you know, how competition reacts, how we, we fare, and, and following that, uh, you know, that will determine you know, if we push ahead or not. So um, that's the, the color right there. All right. Thanks very much, Michael. And I echo Mark's comments on welcoming JP. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Vishal Schreeder with National Bank. Please go ahead. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Um, just wondering, with respect to the opening comment, uh, that uh, that were provided. Um, management referenced that Dollarama is a stronger company as a result of this pandemic. Uh, wondering, as as that was said, is that more of a reflection on management's perception, just given their their experience in retail, or are there specific metrics that you could point to, maybe uh, customer perception surveys or indications of, of better real estate prices, uh, so on and so forth, that you can mention, which uh, help help us better understand why you said that. Yeah, well, you know, and we mentioned a bit of that in our last call. Uh, we told you about a survey we got back um, uh, that we do, uh, uh, you know, consistently from time to time, uh, almost every year, uh, where we had questions concerning COVID. So the, the, the responses were very positive. Uh, the value proposition, the convenience of uh, having a uh, uh, bigger chain, more stores, so being closer and closer to our, our, our customers. Uh, and just recently in a, a Canadian major survey, we were named 10th most, most popular brand uh, in Canada. Um, so, uh, but uh, 
like we told you too, uh, uh, and just from our results, uh, you know, we had a, a temporary um, uh, situation in Q4 uh, imposition of uh, uh, restrictive measures uh, that did not impact the big business model. We told you coming out of it, not, not only did we immediately pick back the momentum we had in Q at the beginning of Q4 and in Q3, but also caught up some of the missed sales in, 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 uh, uh, in Q1. Uh, and it talks to our model. The, the, the value proposition is still very strong. There's nothing going on structurally around us that would have us um, change our mix, categories, uh, uh, the competitive dynamics, uh, or anything of that nature. Um, uh, we, we still come out very strong and, um, you know, anxious to move out of this uh, <laughs> uh, pandemic environment uh, to, to further demonstrate that. I, I'd also add that, you know, we've also come out stronger from the perspective that based on feedback from our employees at, at uh, the distribution center, our warehouses, our stores, uh, you know, they've felt like we've had their backs the entire time that the team is as strong or stronger than it's ever been, that we fought hard to ensure that the business would have all of the products, you know, required for both our customers and the protection of our employees, that the measures we put in place were well received and appreciated and professionally executed. So I think our team is stronger uh, at all levels because of this pandemic as well. And, uh, you know, they've appreciated the way we've navigated through these challenging times and always had their backs. Okay, thank you for that. Um, with respect to the, the strong uh, early Q1 trends, is there a way for us to better understand what, to what extent, um, maybe isolated number-wise, what extent that is uh, some of the uh, – you know the the pickup from Q4 just shifting into Q1, and how much of is, is of of the strength is due to uh, strong uh, kind of uh, seasonal sales due to a warmer Q1 so far, or is it um, is there any way for us to get a gauge on that? Yeah, so so uh, um, JP mentioned earlier that we're in the low to mid teens in turn as a you know almost two months into the quarter, um, and uh, um, and so assuming there's no additional restrictive measures like we've seen in, in uh, January in Quebec, for example, or in uh, Ontario and the other provinces, uh, if things remain um, more or less the same, you know, we'd be disappointed if we could not maintain that uh, low teen uh, SSS figure. And in terms of gross margin, um, the, uh, a bit of the, the same situation. In other words, uh, we told you that the sales mix is impacting us uh, positively for the time being. We're against a quarter last year where Easter was, you know, uh, uh, almost, uh, you know, uh, very low, and, and we're already seeing Easter being strong right now, and it's a week in advance also. And summer sales are doing very well, which they weren't last year. So um, that means that we should, you know, 
uh, end up with a notable increase uh, like we did uh, in Q4 in, in terms of uh, gross margin. Okay, I uh, appreciate that. And just lastly, a, a fast one here on labor availability. Are, are you seeing any changes in the market with respect to your ability to get labor uh, in the stores in D.C.? No, for the moment it's very stable and uh, not an issue whatsoever. Thank you for the color. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Irene Natal with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thanks and good morning, everyone. Um, just to kind of beat this horse on, on same store sales, it sounds as though essentially what you're saying is that if we move aside all of the COVID noise, items that you couldn't sell, you could sell, shifting from one season to the other, Dollarama is back on track with what would have been kind of a normal historical rate of same-store sales growth. Is, is that a fair comment? Uh, uh, <laughs> not a good sign, Michael. <laughs> no, well, it's not. It's, it's because there's so much noise right now, the, the shifts in, in sales mix. Um, I mean, yes, uh, you know, uh, post-COVID, uh, you know, uh, for us, uh, it's continuing to, to perform uh, as well as we've done historically. Uh, we don't see anything happening that, uh, you know, would have us think otherwise. Just for the, 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 the current period, and because, you know, the year we just went through, um, where you have had a lot of mixed uh, 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 sales mix changes, um, so, and I've tried to describe those as accurately or as, uh, you know, reasonably as possible. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, um, impact uh, the quarter-to-quarter -quarter movements. Uh, like I said, Q1, we're comping against a Q1 last year that was uh, extraordinarily weak, so this year it's uh, extraordinarily high. But if you look at the averages, you know, it's still pretty good. Because of the uh, reduction, you know, the traffic decrease uh, caused by the COVID, uh, that has been impacting impulse sales. So once we're out of this uh, uh, COVID situation and traffic comes back into line, you'll see impulse sales coming back in, uh, which are lower margin, so you'll have more uh, margin dollars, but it will impact your margin percentages. But otherwise, essentially, you know, coming out of the COVID, uh, you know, it should be back to, you know, numbers that we've seen in the past. That's great. Thank you. Um, just following on the discussion around inflation, in the past we've, we've talked about what could trigger higher price points, and certainly inflation has been one of the factors that you guys have pointed to. So just wondering about your, your current thoughts around, let's say, $455 price points or however you want to, however you want to de describe it. Um, yeah, so essentially, again, uh, like we told you in the past, the idea is, is to, like we say, milk our current price points uh, that we have uh, uh, up to four dollars 
we've seen throughout the whole year, in every quarter, uh, you know, higher $4 sales than the prior year, higher $350, uh, you know, item sales than the prior year. So our penetration of higher price points has uh, continued to perform very well. So there's no rush to move on to uh, the, the 455, which we told you we will be doing. Um, we're not yet yet ready, sorry, yet to to announce anything on that side. Uh, and it, it, it's out there, you know, it's going to happen, and and we'll do it when we're ready. Um, but you're right, inflation also plays a role. It, it played a role back in August 2016 when we introduced the $354 price point. Uh, and uh, it's something that we monitor and that can influence the introduction uh, uh, of the uh, $455 price point. Thank you. And then finally, just a question on, on Dollar City. Um, you know, we're already up to 264 stores. The pace of store opening is accelerating once again. Uh, you know, now maybe Peru gets thrown into the mix. And, and so when might we get an update on that store target? Because certainly that seems very reasonable. Or, or what would trigger you guys to come out and say, yeah, we're increasing that store target? Yeah, well, for the time being, we're sticking with our uh, 600 star target, uh, store target by 2029, which includes El Salvador, Guatemala, and Colombia. It excludes Peru. Uh, Peru, we don't know yet if, like we said, we're, we're moving in, we're going to test the market, and if we see potential, uh, then that would impact uh, uh, the future store target, and uh, when we feel comfortable, we'll, we, we, we'll update you on that. Uh, but for the rest, uh, for the time being, uh, we're, we're uh, still at uh, 600 uh, by 2029. That's great. Thank you. And welcome, JP. Thanks, Irene. Thank you. The next question is from Peter Sklar with BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. I just have one question at this point. So this um, guidance you've given on potential store footprint across Canada going from 1,700 to 2,000, and I understand like you as a consulting firm who looks at all the demographics and all the factors that you, that you talked about and comes up with the number, but really nothing much has changed in Canada. Um, you know, demographically, if anything, immigration has slowed, economic growth has slowed, um, so I'm just wondering what were the, what was the underlying factors that caused them to increase the limit? Like if you go like 2000 stores on 1700, that's like an 18% increase in store footprint, which is a lot. So there must've been something that really changed in their model. And like the only thing I noticed that's changed is that you're going out a few more years. So maybe it's just more years of runway. Can you talk a little bit about like like you would have seen the details of their report. Yeah, so, yeah, thank you, Peter. Uh, so, I mean, when we, each time we give you uh, a store outlook, we, we talk, uh, you know, we're, it's a 10-year forecast. So, we've, and every two or three years, we update that forecast. So, it's not the saturation point, uh, you know, when we give you that target. 
it's where we think we'll be, uh, you know, by 2031. So we've, uh, you know, we went from 2027 to 2031. Um, uh, so all uh, all it is is that, and and so we're, it's not saturation. It, it, it's simply, you know, uh, our best estimate. So we we go about it like JP mentioned. Uh, you know, first we look at the current store pipeline. Then we look at the addressable market. So that evolved since the IPO. At the IPO, we only had price points that went up to $2. Now we've got price points that go up to $4. So your addressable market is higher. Uh, and and uh, we look at population size, growth, retail activity. Yes, we use a consulting firm, but it's not. we don't pick the consulting firm's number. We use the analysis, but then uh, obviously we've got a very competent uh, real estate team internally that will look at every single site, uh, will look at the potential, uh, look at com uh, uh, competitive environment around it, uh, and filter that number uh, to the level that we feel comfortable. And again, we look at two-year average cash-on-cash uh, -cash payback stores, um, uh, which means that you'll have stores that pay back within one year and stores that pay back within four, uh, four or five years. So, um, and it's the average. So that's how we get to that, uh, uh, those numbers. And, and often, often the difference between two years and four years, to give you a revision of our, of our number, is based on a question of us getting comfortable that whatever number we can give, we can execute on. So sometimes it's two years, sometimes we make you wait more years because we want to ensure that the number we give you is a number that we're extremely comfortable that we can execute to the level that we execute. Okay, and um, changes, any changes in consumer behavior, you know, as a result of what happened over the last year, did, did that play into it, or really COVID and the way the consumer behaves now really wasn't at play in your calculations? Uh, no, uh, it, it was it was not a factor whatsoever. Okay, thanks. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. The next question is from Karen Short with Barclays. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, good morning. This is actually Renato Basanta uh, on for Karen, and thanks for taking my questions. So just just wondering if you can speak to what you're seeing from a competitive uh, pricing perspective. You know, I know historically you've been a price follower and you've, you've talked about, um, you know, additional markups today, but just wondering if you're seeing competitors also take more price uh, given some of the supply chain pressures, and then to what degree are you um, seeing those price increases? We're, st we're starting to see them, and, and we expect that to continue. And, of course, uh, as you said, we're a price follower, and therefore um, we will absorb you know, the impact of the inflation until the new price point that we have to offer, if we do a markup, is still the most competitive price. So we, we, we continue to be a follower and we're seeing inflation for sure, and as long as we feel comfortable that our next price point is a price point that keeps Dollarama's price extraordinarily competitive, 
then it becomes an option for the buyers to use as a tool to help combat some of the, you know, the, the headwinds that they have on a daily basis. Okay, that's that's helpful. And then uh, just my my second question is on wages. Um, you know, you mentioned the um, you know some of the increases in in 2020, and I I think historically, you know, you've talked about a three percent um, increase in wages as being you know manageable for the business overall. So just wondering what level of wage inflation you're expecting uh, this year, and then if you can remind us how you're thinking about uh, sort of the comp needed to leverage your uh, overall fixed costs going forward, uh, that would be helpful. Thank you. Yeah, we don't disclose the specific uh, 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 increases, but I, I, uh, only to, to, to mention, it's uh, n uh, nothing out of the normal. So uh, obviously, uh, we follow minimum wage increases uh, 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 no, um, uh, across the chain across the country and uh and uh and then there are further adjustments uh, if uh if we need to bring them uh, uh so that's you know uh where we're at in terms of uh, uh labor and uh, your other uh, second part of the question just the uh the comp uh needed to leverage overall fixed costs going forward right well again well um we don't disclose the, the, the specifics of that uh, uh, either, sorry. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Derek DeLay with Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi, thanks guys. Um, just following up on, on, the, uh, on the new longer-term store target, you mentioned you're, you're still targeting the, the two-year payback on new stores. Can you comment on, on what the average store is doing in terms of, of revenue today and, and maybe what it was doing in, in I guess, 2016, 2017 when you, when you put out your last forecast? Uh, yeah, so we're, uh, I'd say uh, we're, uh, average sales per store increased from 2017. I don't have it by heart, but uh, it has increased. Uh, and today we're approximately average 3.2, uh, uh, 3 million per of revenue per store. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, um, it, it, we've our average store sales have increased steadily since the IPO, uh, and whereas our you know. Uh, Costs open up a, a store net of 10 allowance has remained more or less stable since then. So our actual paybacks, uh, more recently in the more recent two-year full two-year cohorts, has improved uh, year over year. Uh, so going forward, that definitely helps. Okay, no, that's good. I, I seem to recall a, a, a 2.7 million number per store. I think. Um. Uh, and yeah, that 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 would make sense by uh, 2016, 2017. Yes. Yeah, and then um, just in terms of the dynamics, and I know it's it's difficult because you guys don't really have any sort of pure play, you know, dollar, quote unquote dollar store peers, but uh, of size. But the the new the, the incremental 300 is like, are you seeing market share gains within your footprint, or you know, are you seeing just more demand from consumers for for your offering? Like, what is sort of the dynamics that help lead to that 300 increase? Uh, 
Well, you had the introduction of uh, higher price points, the penetration increase in higher price points, uh, the fact that we've deepened the offer within uh, each category is, is definitely an element that helped. There's uh, inflation over time. By 2016-17, we had the uh, currency inflation, steep inflation back then uh, that, uh, you know, uh, and um, uh, we had just introduced the, the uh, higher price points, so that helped uh, uh, during that period of time. Okay, great. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you. This will conclude today's question and answer session, as well as the conference call. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and we thank you for your participation. Thank you. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and we thank you for your participation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.